0: My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, "Teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me." He replied to him, "Friend, who appointed me as your judge and arbitrator?" Then he said to the crowd, Take care to guard against all greed. For though one may be rich, one's life does not consist of possessions. Then he told them a parable. There was a rich man whose land produced a bountiful harvest. He asked himself, What shall I do? For I do not have space to store my harvest. And he said, this is what I shall do. I shall tear down my barns and build larger ones. There I shall store all my grain and other goods. And I shall say to myself, now as for you, you have so many good things stored up for many years, rest, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, to whom will they belong? Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves, but are not rich in what matters to God. The Gospel rules. So a couple months ago, this foundation called the United States Chamber Institute for Legal Reform published their top ten list of the most ridiculous lawsuits in the world. And they weren't kidding. That was a pretty spot on description of this bizarre compilation. The New York Post, in reporting it, showed their hometown pride in pointing out that half of these cases come from the Empire State. And some of the examples included a a class action lawsuit against the manufacturers of those kind bars, you know, those granola, like nature bars or whatever. They were being sued for putting what the plaintiff alleged were chemical sounding terms like ascorbic acid in its products. Just an FYI, ascorbic acid is another name for vitamin C. Or a customer from Buffalo who's suing Canada Dry Ginger Ale because the soda doesn't contain real ginger, even though all the ingredients are listed right there on the can. Then there's this man from Albany who's going after Star Kiss Tuna because the logo of the American Heart Association is right there on their cans, and he's claiming that that logo fools customers into thinking that Star Kiss Tuna is healthier than other brands. And then was my personal favorite from the list. Tootsie Roll Industries are the defendants of a case where they are said to have cheated their customers. How? Because they shortchanged the number of junior mints that could be found in the box of that famous candy box because it's half full of air. The company pointed out that the number of mints is actually listed right on the box and the judge had dismissed the case saying she could not allow the suit to proceed and enshrine into law and an embarrassing level of mathematical illiteracy. Plaintiffs disagreed and have appealed that ruling. As you were looking at this list, though, it was a little bit of a laugh, and if you're as rabid a fan of Seinfeld as I am, you might have remembered that episode where, where Kramer spills that cup of coffee and he burns himself, and so he sues the store. And then when Jerry points out to him that coffee is supposed to be hot, Kramer's response is, not that high. But as one of the members of this institute pointed out in publishing the list of these real cases, these are actually serious things, that lawsuits are serious. And these frivolous examples are an incredible waste of time and energy and resources, causing ever-increasing taxes to go up to pay for an already overburdened court system. Today's gospel hits us with the question, what are the frivolous things in our lives? What are we wasting time and energy and resources on? The things that, even if we know on the surface are are insignificant, not that big a deal, frivolous, the more we think about them, the more we obsess about them, we see that it impacts our hearts and our souls and our relationships with one another and with God. Maybe it's something we're pursuing that's distracted us from the people we love. Maybe it's something we want to possess that has us giving in to those temptations of, of jealousy and envy and causing us to be selfish or self-centered. Throughout the Gospels, we have example after example, one amazing, beautiful story after another, where people keep coming to Jesus with tremendous needs major illnesses or a disability that seems hopeless, some public scandal or great sin that has them isolated and cut off from their family and their friends and their neighbors, and even feeling that distance from God, tremendous hungers and thirst, both physically and spiritually, that there's no clear way will ever be addressed. And whatever it was that all these people were struggling with in the Gospel and all these stories, they encounter Jesus in their need, and he works miracles. He generously pours out his mercy. He abundantly gives his love. He keeps bringing a, a restoration, a, a healing, a fullness that not only did the recipient necessarily expect, they never could have even conceived that it would be so great what they received from, from the Lord. So hear this man in tonight's gospel Has this opportunity to go to Jesus, to see him face to face, to share what is his greatest need, what's his greatest desires, what in his life needs healing, what fears was he longing for relief from, what sadness and grief was weighing him down. He had to have experienced some, if not all, of those things since he's going to Jesus discussing an inheritance. Which means someone had to have died, specifically his parents. And what he reveals aren't the cries of someone in mourning. He's not anxious about the effect of this loss on, on him and the rest of his family. He's not even upset that there's this tension among those who remain left behind. That the two brothers who should be there for each other in their grief have instead turned greedy and petty and gotten tense among each other each other. No, he goes to Jesus and wants Jesus to be his Judge Judy. He feels he's gotten this raw deal as they divided up their parents' estate, and he wants Jesus to weigh into it. And perhaps he figures if if the brother won't listen to Jesus, well, maybe Jesus can call down some fire from the heavens or do some sort of divine retribution and smite his brother. Lovingly, Jesus speaks of the more pressing need that this man has. And that's to heal his very heavy and burdened heart that's gotten into that condition because of his greed. He's spending his, his time and his energy and his resources on this frivolous matter and reminding him that one's life does not consist of possessions. He's calling him to remember what does. What were the examples of selfless, sacrificial love that he received from his family that must have been dismissed in this argument that he had with his brother? These were only just glimpses and imperfect examples of the lavish, perfect love that God has for each of us. Where had he experienced that? When did he lose sight of that? Such a missed opportunity for him. Jesus answers this brother just as he answers all prayers. Whether the man actually heard that answer and was open to hearing that answer rather than feeling kind of ticked off that Jesus didn't do what he wanted him to do, well, that we don't know. But the gospel gives us a great opportunity for us to focus on our prayers. The last few Sundays, the gospels have all been dealing a lot with prayer, how to pray, what our posture and our attitude should be. And in each of them, Jesus keeps reiterating the the importance of being in relationship with the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That it's a relationship that's contemplative and active. That it's personal and intimate. And that he desires to be in dialogue with us. He wants that personal, intimate relationship. That God is a loving Father to his children. That God has become man in Jesus Christ, who lived and continues to live among us as we receive his word in the scripture and we receive his body and blood from the Eucharist, from that altar. God, the Holy Spirit, dwelling within us since our baptisms, constantly nudging us to pursue greatness, the dignity of being God's beloved sons and daughters. When we just sit with that and reflect on that, Well, first off, do we even recognize that that is our identity, that we are God's beloved sons and daughters, and that in Jesus Christ, we have a closeness with God that's meant to reshape every moment and every aspect of our lives. If that does register, well, hopefully that helps us to look deeper and a little bit more carefully at where we find ourselves today. What is on our prayer list? Is there something frivolous or petty that I'm holding on to that's, that's blocking me, that's diminishing me. Because truth be told, I know I could find myself in frivolous stuff and not asking or praying for bigger prayers. There are times, more times than I care to admit, that I could be like that brother in the gospel. I'm ticked off at someone or something. And I want, if not God, to smite that person, at least help level the playing field a little bit. And what I found is that that experience diminishes me and it limits God in my life. He's not interested in entertaining me in my grievances and my angers. He's already told me I'm called to forgive as he has forgiven. So yeah, there's that. I mean, he'll wait patiently. He'll let me rant and rave. He knows I'm Italian, so he knows that that's normal. But eventually he's gonna just say like, is that it? Is there anything else on your heart and your mind? And when I stop all that and say, Jesus, help me to forgive. Jesus, help remove this bitterness from my heart. Then I can begin to see things a little bit more clearly. When I can start to remember and and marvel and honor God for who he is. When I recognize the, the history of goodness that the greatest love story ever written in the Bible tells us between God and humanity, and in all humility recognize that that history has continued in my own life. I know I wouldn't be standing here today if not for miracles and transformations and healings that he's generously poured out into my life. Those were answers to some really intentional prayers, not even necessarily by me, but for me, by by some that I know and others who still remain unknown to me in their prayers. The reality is God wants to pour out in abundance his blessings upon all of us. He wants to cast out our deepest fears. He wants to heal our pains. He wants to break addictions. He wants to demonstrate what a loving father he truly is, who wants what is best for us, his beloved sons and daughters. But we're not going to appreciate or fully experience that if we allow frivolous, petty, earthly things to distract us. May we heed St. Paul's advice today in that second reading and put to death all of those earthly things, all those distractions from whom we're called to be, who we truly are, a new self where Christ is our all in all.